call. A unique person. Paul. One that was as adamant against Christ Jesus as anyone that ever walked on the face of this earth. Paul. One that when God got a hold of him, he turned him wrong side out. Paul. From the one that desired to eradicate all Christianity, became one that was willing to give his entire life to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that he so desired to stand against. Sound familiar? Sounds like a whole lot of people in our world today, doesn't it? We lost one of God's great men just about a week ago by the name of Dr. Charles Stanley. Dr. Charles Stanley stood in the pulpit for over 50 years sharing the Word of God. A tremendous legacy he left behind. But in his own testimony, he says, before I surrendered to the ministry, I thought preaching and pastoring was one of the most foolish things there could ever be. I like Paul. Foolishness. It's not anything with Christ Jesus that you could put your finger on and say, I understand it. There's not a one of us here, there's not a one in the Bible, including Paul, that can say, I understand all there is concerning Jesus Christ. Folks, the love, the compassion, the understanding and the overwhelming commitment of himself to the Father is beyond our wildest imagination. But we find this one that met him on the road to Damascus by the name of Saul of Tarsus was changed to Paul or actually was his Greek name Paul, made a turnabout. And I'm here this morning to say to you, I don't care what your past is. I don't care where you've been or what you've done. Let's bring it down to the day I don't care what you did this morning. I don't even care what you're thinking this very second. You may be thinking about something totally different than where we are right here. But I'm going to ask you for the next few moments, listen to what God has to say. 
Listen to what God desires to do in your heart. You see, it doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree with me. What makes the difference is that you agree with God. That's what makes the difference in your life. That's what made the difference in Paul's life was when he was on the road to Damascus and God struck him down. He said, yes, when God said unto him, Saul, he says, yes, Lord, what do you want with me? This morning, I challenge you. In fact, I dare you to say, Lord God, what do you want to do with me? What do you have for me today? You may have never made a commitment to the Lord as Lord and Savior. You may be Christian for all your life since you were just a youngster. Maybe you just got saved last week, last month, or last hour. Or maybe you haven't been saved at all and you need to be. I challenge you to say, Lord God, you got my attention. I'm here. Now speak to me. Paul stood on the Mount or Mars Hill in Athens and challenged the most educated philosophers in the whole world at that time and said, Your unknown God is Christ Jesus. And there were those that rejected it, but there were those that said, tell us more. And Paul shared, but he left Athens, and this morning I would like for us to pick up in chapter 18 of Acts. And you're going to have to listen real fast this morning. Chapter 18 of Acts, verse 1, and it says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And when he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, and recently came to, from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded that all the Jews be departed from Rome, and he came with them. So, or he came to them. So he be, <clears throat> so because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for their occupation. They were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. And then Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia and Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there. 
and entered into the house of a certain man named Justice, who was one who worshipped God, whose house was in the next door to the synagogue. And then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord and with his household and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. And now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night in a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God. Lord God, I ask you, minister unto our hearts this day, speak unto us in a great way. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. After Paul had shared the word of God in Athens, it says, and he departed and went to Corinth. Corinth was a very unique city. Corinth was one of the major major, major cities in, in the known world at that time. The problem was, is its, uh, its main thing was its sports and its business. Not only was it caught up in the sports and caught up in business, it was also caught up in pleasure. You know, it sounds like fun, feels like fun, let's do it. They were also caught up in profit. Let's do whatever it has to be in order for us to make more money to be more profitable. Consequently, that led to luxury. We want all the luxurious things of the world. And when you start having luxury, then you start having pride. And when pride enters in, look out. Pride enters in, there is no place. Now folks, listen closely. There is no place within your heart for pride and God. There is no place. If you're a prideful person, and I'm not saying I'm proud, that it's wrong to say I'm proud to be a a Mills, or I'm proud to to be a member of Montanay Baptist. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about pride that says, look at me. I'm talking about pride as, one of these days you'll be as good as I am, maybe. That's the pride that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the pride that puts you up on a pedestal and puts God down below you. They had come to the point that they wanted all the luxuries, they wanted all the best of the best, and at the same time, pride entered in, and when pride entered in, they have riches and they have poverty. You have these that that have it all, and you have these that have none. Democracy. Democracy and crime. Everywhere. Everywhere you look, does this not sound like America today? My, my. I had a gentleman in my church, in God's church, that I was pastoring in Oklahoma. He was a great, great person. Do anything in the world to help. Except you didn't preach past 12 o'clock on Sunday because the Dallas Cowboys were playing. 
I had him get up and walk out of church and said, Brother Mac, got to go. Cowboys are playing. Out the door he went. He didn't mean it to be ugly. That was just his priority. Sports. Sports. Business. How many times? I know there are curses. There are certain times of the year and certain situations that bring us to the point where we have to work on Sunday. I don't have a problem with folks working on Sunday when they need to. I understand that because I, pray, I work every Sunday. So I understand that. That's not an issue. But when it comes to the point where that business and that work is more important than God, then it is an issue. Sounds just like our world today. Paul walked into the midst in the middle of a group of people that had their minds on everything other than God. I wonder how Paul felt when he saw all of these people so committed to everything in the world except God. If I were to ask you, how many folks do you reckon there is sitting in homes within a three-block area of this church today that have no desire to put God first in their life. You would be astounded, I'm sure, of the folks in our world today that look at things just as the Corinthians did. As Paul went, and I'm sure as he was even somewhat depressed when he entered that area, God saw fit to encourage him. God saw fit to encourage him by giving him those that had like minds. Now remember, Silas and Timothy, they stayed back in, in, uh, in, in Ephesus. Here we find Paul as he entered into Corinth, he met. Priscilla and Aquila, people of like mind. You ask our missionaries, who do they look for? Do they look for a church? No. They look for people that have like mind, just one that has like mind of the Word of God as they do. That's interesting. This is what Paul found. Paul found Priscilla and Aquila of like mind that served the Lord, worshiped God. And not only that, they were the same occupation. We find for the first time in the Word of God, it tells us what Paul's occupation was. Paul funded his ministry along with the help from some of the churches, but he funded his ministry as a tent maker. He put tent, built, made tents. And he came together with Priscilla and Aquila. We see there in verse 2 that he met them, and they, they Priscilla and Aquila had been driven out of their land by the 
the king, Claudius, and says, you've got to leave, you're a Jew, get out of here, we don't want you. No, it's kind of like always, Jews are not welcome. Try to run them off. They did, they came. But when they did that, God, I'm sorry, I believe God had this planned out. God knew that Paul was going to need some encouragement. So God had Priscilla and Aquila there to give them encouragement. Folks, just like God put you in this place to give us encouragement, to give us support, to back us up. Because folks, I'll guarantee you, there's sometimes, I don't care how close you are to God, I don't care how much you pray, I don't care how much you read the Word of God, there's sometimes you just kind of feel like you're on a desert island all by yourself. And I'm sure that's kind of the way Paul felt as he looked at this city that was turned everywhere except to God. And God says, here, here, here's Priscilla and Aquila. And they'll help you. They'll encourage you. And you can even work with them because they have the same trade as you do. They're tent makers. Now, I don't know how much work they got out of Paul as far as a tent maker. Because the Word of God says on the Sabbath, he was in the synagogue. Now, I have a real problem believing Paul went from Sabbath to Sabbath and didn't preach at all. I just can't believe that. I believe he had to share the Word. He might have been sitting and sowing a tent. I don't know. But I believe he shared the Word. But it says beyond a shadow of a doubt, in verse 4 of that chapter, it says, listen... And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. How often, how often do we share the Word of God and we look for the Holy Spirit to move in the midst of the folks to draw them to God, and I'm sure as Paul shared the word, he taught the truth. He taught about Jesus. He turned them away from the Jewish belief of the laws. You do understand that when the laws were given, the laws were not the law, the Ten Commandments, the law was not given for salvation. You could keep the law letter by letter by letter by letter and bust hell wide open. The law was not for salvation. The law was to show the folks when they were sinning. In the Old Testament, those that came to know as what we would refer to salvation were those that came through faith and were Lord willing, we're going to preach on that one of these days. But how they, how the, the men of Old Testament and all, they received salvation strictly through faith. It wasn't through the law. So Paul, as he went into the synagogue and he taught, he didn't teach the law. He taught Jesus Christ. He taught the Son of God. He taught the one that came and lived and died and was resurrection on the third day. And the Jew says, well, wait a minute. That's not what we study. We study the law. The problem is, 
they couldn't get out of their old habits to get into the new way that Jesus had brought. So often we were taught, including myself, if the church door was open and the lights were on, you were in the pew. End of story. You hear me? Now listen. If the doors was open, the lights were on, you were in the pew, end of story. It didn't matter what the preaching was, what the singing was, it didn't matter what was going on, you had fulfilled what you were taught because you came in the door, the lights were on, and you sat out in the pew and you shut your mouth until somebody said it's time gone. And if you got something out of it, it was strictly because of God the Holy Spirit. It wasn't because you were taught you were supposed to come and listen and receive what you need to receive. Paul says, listen, you've heard the law. You know the law. You keep the law to some degree for sure. But I'm here to tell you, the law is not going to get you to heaven no more than it's coming in through that door sitting in this pew when the lights are on, is going to get you to heaven. He says, you've got, you've got to hear about Jesus. You've got to hear about what makes a difference. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how prolific you are. It doesn't matter how much you have gained in this world. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are. It doesn't matter how much crime you've been caught up in. It doesn't matter what's taken place in your life in the past or what's happening today or happening this very hour. What makes the difference is Jesus Christ. And I can just see Paul standing in the synagogue telling those Jews that had heard the law all their life. That's good, but it's not good enough. Well, I praise God for a mother and daddy that saw fit to get me through that door, to get me in that pew when the lights were on. And then I had a Sunday school teacher that says, sit down, shut up, and listen. And I heard the word. And God the Holy Spirit got a hold of here, made the difference. This morning I'm telling you, Hear what God has to say. Hear what God is saying. Listen to what Paul was telling these, these Jews and these Greeks. He was telling them about a Savior. Telling them about Christ Jesus that died and was resurrected. And in verse 6, it said, but when... They opposed him and they blasphemed and they sh he shook his garment and said to him, Your blood be upon your head. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. This is the second time Paul said this. He said it over in, pardon me, he said it over in Acts 13, 46, 
when the Jews said the same thing. He says, listen, I've told you the truth. You've turned your back on it. It's all, it's all your problem now. I'm going to go over here to the Gentiles. And we know that that's what God ended up calling Paul to do, was to speak, preach, share with the Gentiles, which were not God's people. But they became believers in Christ. How often do we feel like, what's the use? What's the use? Paul says, you've heard the truth. You've turned against it. You've turned your back. As many in our world today, as many in, in Rogers, Arkansas has done today, as many that are sitting around this room, as many are sitting outside these walls, have said, I have come through the door. I have sat in a pew. I've done my due. And Paul says, that's not enough. That's not enough. I'll go to the Gentiles. I'll share with them. Well, God is still in the business of working miracles. And he says, now the Lord's, verse 9, I'm sorry, the Lord spoke to Paul in the night, and he says, do not be afraid. Don't keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you or hurt you, for I have many people in this city. God says, just do what I ask you to do, and I'll take care of it. Just do what I ask you to do. Folks, this morning you can turn me off. You can think whatever you want to about me. But folks, don't turn God off. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you get everything right with God and you'll get everything right with me and everybody else around. All those that you have a problem with. The Word of God simply says to us. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the Word of God among them. He didn't give up. He kept on keeping on. People come to know Jesus. People acknowledged him as Lord and Savior. Paul had accomplished what God wanted him to accomplish. In verse 18, y'all will give me another five minutes. In verse 18, it says, So Paul remained, so Paul still remained a good while. And then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Caesarea. And Priscilla and Aquila, they were with him. And he had his hair cut off, for he had taken a vow. And he came to Ephesus. And he left them there, but he himself entered into the synagogue, 
and reasoned with the Jews. And then they asked him to stay a longer time with them, and he did not consent. But he took leave from them, saying, I must by any means keep the the, uh, coming fest in Jerusalem, or the words, the Passover, but I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed in Caesarea, and gone up and greeted the church in Jerusalem, he went down to Antioch. Paul, in all of his dealings with the Jews and the Greeks, there were always those that heard, received, and wanted to hear more. And they said, oh, Paul, please stay. Well, he left. He left Priscilla and Aquila, and he traveled on. And he says, I need to get to Jerusalem for the Passover. But he says, I will come again. God will. God willing, I will come back and I will share. For you see, those that truly have a desire to share the word of God, whether they be a preacher or a teacher, a mother or a father or a grandparent or a friend, if they truly love the Lord and they truly want to do what God wants them to do, they will continue to share the word of God. And they will return again and again and again to share that truth. The Lord willing. Paul says, I will come back. And he did. And he shared. But here we find the first place he went when he got back to Caesarea. He went to Jerusalem. And he responded to the church in Jerusalem. Participated in the Passover. But I like the last part of it. You remember way back there, over 2,000 miles ago, the church in Antioch blessed him and sent him out. And the word says, and after Jerusalem, he went to Antioch. And he reported, he told the people in Antioch that had sent him out. Since he went to Antioch and he shared the word. What God had done through his journey. We always need to be responsible. Listen, we always need to be responsible to those that send us out. Those that pray for us. Those that support us. And that's what Paul did. And all of the problems, <laughs> and all of the people that wanted to put him in prison and beat him and everything else, he wanted to share what God had done 
with the church that sent him out. Are we today willing to say thank you, Lord, for those that set forth their lives in the past like Dr. Stanley and many others that have stood faithful through the years. Even when there were those that stood against them, they were faithful to God. Paul came back and he says, listen, let me tell you what God did. This morning, I pray that through Paul's teaching and Paul's presence in, your li- or in our lives through the Word, that we'll take a moment to say, God, Have I taken the time to say thank you? First of all, to Christ Jesus. Second of all, to those that have gone before me and stood faithful. Have I reported back? Have I come this morning because the door was open? Did I come this morning because I wanted to fill up my pew? Did I come this morning just because the lights were on and that's what is expected of me? Or did I come to get with God? That I come to open my heart up and say, Lord God, here I am. Make a difference in my life. Are we willing to say, Lord God, today, right now, change my attitude, change my heart, make me what you want me to be. Lord God, make me as Paul to where I cry out, Yes, Lord God, here am I. Do a work in my life. You see, it's never too late. It's never too late. God will. No. God can. And God desires, and God will, if you'll simply say, God, here am I. Change me. But you see, if you don't say that, you're saying to the Lord God, I like it the way I am, and I'm going to keep on living the way I'm living. I'm going to keep on thinking the way I think, and I like it. And when you do that, were no different than the Jews that said, we're going to live by the law and we don't care what you say.
about Jesus? Are you willing to say, here am I? Here am I, Lord. Do a work in my life. You hear me Sunday after Sunday say, prayer altars are right here. There's a few that come and pray. There's a few that stand there and pray. But I wonder, I wonder how many, even maybe now, are saying, when's he going to hush? I'm ready to get out of here. If you're saying that, you're not saying, Lord God, here am I. Speak to me. And if you're not doing that, you're breaking God's heart. You're not offending me. You're breaking God's heart. You can say, you can act, you can feel whatever you want to about me, but you're breaking God's heart. And God wants you to be saved. God wants you to be sold out. God wants you to be filled with the power, the presence of God the Holy Spirit. But it's all up to you. It's all up to you. I can't do it. You have to say, here am I, Lord God. Change me. And then walk with him. Father, I thank you and I praise your name. That even as Paul was rejected, even as people turned their backs on him, there were those that heard. There was those that received. There were those that opened their hearts and said, Here we are, Father. Speak to us. And you used them and you blessed them. You forgave them and you draw them close to you, Father. And Lord God, this day, my prayer is that you'll make the difference in lives right here this day. Hearts will be softened, lives will be changed, people will be saved. Folks that have possibly been Christians for years will say, Oh God, I've lost my vision. Here I am. Fill me up. Give me your spirit. Your grace. The capability of forgiveness and love and compassion. Make me an imitator of Christ Jesus. Even as Paul was. And turned his life from these totally destroying Christians to selling out and leading everyone he could find to know Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for his life that was changed and the many, many lives that were changed because of his witness for you. Oh God, speak to the hearts right now. And I give you praise for it. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.